Congratulations to Elden Ring for rightfully winning Game of the Year at the Game of the Year Awards. We've got that that we just covered and more coming at you right here on Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's New Free Coliseum DLC Content John. And together we're Henry and New Free Content (laughs) John. No, that's my name now. Uh, we're Henry and New Free Content John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist in order to make the world safer for Miyazaki. Now, I don't understand what you mean when you say game of the year. What do you mean? Like, who de- who decides that? Uh, so that is decided by a panel of judges and a bunch of voters online. I I don't know about that. There's there's only one paradigm under which I know the best things of the year are decided. It certainly isn't some panel that Jeff Keeley is on. You're right. The, the thing that determines what is good and shall be remembered and what is bad and therefore cast out of the canon is the one and only best worst done right here on Zero Credits. We are the ultimate arbiters of what stays in popular consciousness or what is cast away forever that's a little teaser for an upcoming end of year episode just to let you know what to look out for and also enjoy the things you have while you can because we may destroy them soon that's always great advice uh yes enjoy the things you have while you still have time for the end of all things will be here shortly best worst will be coming at you next week apparently yeah that is uh very soon this uh this month really flew by like a nissan ultima what did you get sponsored or are you randomly bringing up nissan ultima (laughs) no people in older nissan ultimas just tend to drive recklessly in my experience okay this is a, a you're doing a public service announcement beware of nissan ultimas beware of nissan ultimas and befriend uh honda fits now uh, henry a I little bit it. about okay. this a little bit about this <laughs> elden ring game it feels like that game came out a hundred million years ago it came out in march john and it was one of the only big releases this year because after it came out every other studio was like well clearly we can't compete with that yeah i uh you know i get it i understand why elden ring is a hell of a game uh, when did uh, Days Gone come out? I'm sure other developers had a similar feeling when that game came out. Oh yeah, Days Gone. That seminal PlayStation me. Four. That seminal PlayStation Four release that came out May. Wait, no, 2019. <laughs> okay, so two years ago. So I'm sure no other good games. Check came your math, out. buddy. I'm sh- I'm sure nothing else came out in 2019, right? Three years ago, buddy. It's 2022. Oh no! Oh no! Uh, let's. I'm just gonna type in uh, game of the year 2019. Let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice uh, was the game of the year 2019, apparently. Oh, that's not Days Gone. They must have made no. some kind of mistake. Yeah, they probably made a mistake, because Days Gone... You know, if it wasn't for all these woke critics in the gaming sphere, Days Gone would be more well-known. 
I mean, you and I are obviously in agreement about that, but I think chiefly in agreement with us is John Garvin, the writer and director of Days Gone, uh, yeah. who said that there are three reasons why the open-world action-adventure game didn't receive universal praise from critics, which... Uh, seems interesting, but Garvin claims that the first issue is related to bugs and frame rate. (laughs) (laughs) Really? really? So, like, yeah, game-breaking bugs and a a poor frame rate, two things that a majority of gamers like their games to be optimized and play well at all times without any bugs. Yeah, those two things might hold you back a little bit. Yeah, that seems like a good first reason. He gets into the real meat in his second reasons. His second claim is that it had reviewers who couldn't be bothered to actually play the game. Now, of course, if if you've been working in video games for any period of time, you know that reviewers are extremely time-constrained when it comes to reviewing video games. And there was a period of time uh, where video games were maybe 8 to 12 hours long in that, like, Gears of War cover shooter phase. But now games are just getting longer and longer. You're getting goddamn Assassin's Creed games that take almost 200 hours to beat. Uh, games are somehow inexplicably getting longer. Maybe you could make the argument that we could, we should give reviewers more time to actually play games these days. Yeah, something that a little journal known as uh, IGN does seldomly, but I would encourage more of, is a review in progress, where they review the game at different points during their playthrough. Uh, they most recently did this with Pokemon Scarlet and Violent, Violet. It's violent. Um, <laughs> Pokemon violence. Pokemon violence. They, they most recently did this uh, did this review in progress with this game, uh, mostly because the game is about 40 to 50 hours long. And there were patches coming out that were said to address some performance issues. Uh, that remains to be seen. I'm still waiting for those performance fixes to kick in. Uh, they said they were there, but I have noticed no difference. Uh, but that ultimately you get a, a deeper picture of the game and how it performs more so than just a quick slap dash, get to the ending as quick as possible so you can say you can beat it in order to review it. I guess I don't understand why they'd need to release a performance patch for a video game that appears to have been developed for the PlayStation Portable. <laughs> Uh, look, I don't really want to get into it. Uh, I've been playing the game endlessly. I got over 50 hours in it myself. I've almost completed the Pokedex. The performance issues do exist and they can hurt you, uh, no matter what your therapist says. Uh, but ultimately it's a Pokemon game. If you don't know what you're getting when you buy it, you're deceiving yourself. The, The people who make these games, Game Freak and the Pokemon company, they're not good at making games and they never have been. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah, no, the if, Poke- <laughs> if there's one thing zero credit stands behind pokemon has never been good that's not what i'm saying i'm, I'm saying despite themselves they yes. are very good games but we're talking about the developers who brought in um iwata the the, the president of nintendo at the time because they're like hey the sequel to our pokemon game pokemon gold and silver we can't fit on the cartridge that it's just we're out of space can you help us and he found enough space to put the entire region of Kanto in the game. I, uh, you know, technically speaking, maybe poor. But you know what? That Snorlax doesn't lie. They're, they're good games. 
Wait, am I the Snorlax? Did you just call me a Snorlax? <laughs> no, you're not a Snorlax. You're um, yeah, you're, you're a lick a tongue. Uh, anyway, you're a slowpoke. Now this was this was just a roundabout way to say the game awards happened, and who cares about the awards? Because the real winners of the night, John, are the world premieres. Wait, hold on. I have one more thing to say about Days Gone. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he had, go he ahead. Had, he had three points, and of course, his final oh, point. <laughs> right. His final point, now which one of us is in the blazingly hot podcast studio and losing their mind now, Henry? Nobody knows what you're talking about because you never introduced this concept. Oh, I'm in a I'm in a podcast studio, breaking new ground on the podcast, as mentioned, and I was excoriated for it. Uh, but it's very hot and I don't think I was supposed to be here today. It's a whole but- thing. <laughs> By excoriated, John, of course, means he had very, very slight pushback from me, just wondering why. Yeah, I was crucified. Oh, God. Crucified similarly to the way John Garvin is being crucified for his third point, which is, quote, uh, the game had reviewers who couldn't handle a gruff white biker looking at his date's ass. Is that the only problematic part of Days Gone? I mean, apparently. That's it? Like, seriously? I mean, first of all, I think that uh, it's a very stupid thing to say that anything that you make is uh, not getting the critical reception it deserves because of wokeness. Wokeness is a scapegoat, I believe, for the uh, creatively incompetent at this point. Uh, but also when your first point is uh, massive game-breaking bugs and uh, frame rate issues, maybe the wokeness has a little bit less to do with it. Uh, but come on, man. Yeah, seriously. Like, if if, if you're going to blame wokeness and then cite, like, the one thing you think they couldn't get past and it's just, like, a biker talk, staring at his, his significant other's butt, I feel like that's not problematic I feel like that's just it's just two characters. What do you it's not like fucking Chevy Chase and National Lampoon's Christmas vacation, like fantasizing about the jewelry store counter girl that he met earlier for two minutes in the film. It's not like that. It's it's not like that. And in fact, I, I think that this is indicative of a greater problem, which is uh, blaming things for not generally being good on wokeness but you know to john garvin's credit uh he is pointing out a real problem which is uh, video games not really a a place where uh regressive gender norms are accepted i mean that's it's just not true in video games the male gaze hasn't existed in video games for 15 it was eradicated what? What 15 happening? years ago with the release of gears of war 2 oh okay okay so you know i i get it i understand uh video games are are normal now and it was very strange that that happened and they were really making a brave stand and it's wokeness's problem and wokeness's fault indeed that the game did not do well and uh john garvin is right okay sure uh right i just i can't remember the last time a game was like ooh. A body part on another human. Like, they've just been eradicated of all of that nonsense because there's really, it doesn't serve anything. 
I I don't know that that that's true. I think it's getting better. But I, I'm talking I, about like characterizing a character, saying out loud, "Oh like, yes, Ooh, for sure." A body part. Now the camera, the that ever persistent pesky camera. Yeah. And, and character designs that speak maybe more so to the game developers than anything else, like individuals who design stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's all over that place. Yeah, sure, I, I get that. But on this, an in-game moment where a character is like taking in another character's body visually, I can't remember the last time that's happened. Personally. Yeah, we we are often forced to do it by the camera. I'm just glad right. that uh, Bioware fixed that pernicious bug in Mass Effect 2 <laughs> yeah, with the bug. release of uh, the Legendary Edition. There was this weird bug where instead <laughs> of the camera being focused on the character Miranda's face, it was uh, pointed entirely at her ass yeah. for a very long time, many times. What a weird bug that was. Yeah, I'm so glad they were able to fix that with next generation technology, ray How? tracing, etc. How how did that make it past quality assurance? I I really don't know because everything else about that game was perfect. Yeah, including the but. Oh wait, what? No, no, we can't sit. Oh no, these woke no, critics. You're gonna get killed by the woke critics. You're a gruff white biker. Also, if only- oh, also, can we talk about the fact that like, if you oh, if you defend your position and say white. You really sound like a racist. Yeah, no. You could ju- you could have just said gruff biker. You didn't have to say white. Yeah, it. I, I it, feel like we pl- really focused on the ass part, but by saying yeah. gruff white biker, I feel like he's trying to say something else here. Right. No, he's well. The implication is like, oh, if the if the biker was black, it would have been okay. <laughs> which what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure about that, Mister Garvin. Uh, we all people, know there's one race that can objectify women's body parts, and it's clearly the Indonesian. We cannot in any way uh, imagine a world where woke critics would be af- would be offended if some kind of Polynesian person was yeah. looking at someone's ass. Right. No. It's very silly. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't know. I never played it mostly because it was a zombie game that came out like kind of after all of the other zombie games had already fizzled out. Yeah, and at that point we had already made the perfect zombie game, so why keep trying? Yeah, we made it already. What was it called? The Walking Dead Season 1. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, perfect zombie game. Pack it in. Make everything else about robots or Russian people or gruff white bikers. Or, oh, that uh, would be, that's oh, what they should have done. They should have pivoted it. the game and it. made it about his girlfriend's ass fighting an army of gruff white bikers. Yeah, is it a simple asset flip? Yeah. Just replace all zombies with gruff white bikers. And replace gruff white bikers with an ass. And a- with with a bug that focuses clearly on an ass. Yeah, it's just an ass holding a Remington 870 shotgun shooting was, rough white bikers. There was a, a short-lived uh, Adult Swim cartoon. I think it was called like Assy McGee, but Oh it, yeah. Yeah, the boiled the boiled hard cop who was just literally an ass. Yeah, it was uh I really miss the days of Adult Swim where it, it kind of seemed like any idea, no matter how thin, was like, that's that's the one we go with. Thanks, fucking Discovery or whatever, whoever owns Adult Swim now. 
Yeah, you killed Harley Quinn, you fucks. Wait, no. Harley I Quinn? A, I think that's a different thing. HBO and Discovery are merging. It's all it's all merging. They've merged. It's, it's over. Everything's it's done. Everything sucks. You were talking about the premieres, Henry. Yes. It wasn't the it wasn't Elden Ring's night, although it was. And it sure, certainly wasn't God of War Ragnarok's night. No. This night belonged to the premieres, a few of which I remember. Ooh, this is hot content. Yeah, I don't have a list or any. This is all off top of the dome, John. That's that's indicative of a good re- announcement for a game. Wow. I mean, if you don't remember the game, is it worth it? Right. So, uh, John, are you familiar with a little gaming company? A little they make a little games. They're called they're called Super Giant. Oh, Super Giant. Yeah, are you I believe they them? made Transistor. They made the hit game Transistor. That's really all I know them from. Not from, not from anything else that was uh, meteorically popular within the last two years. Oh well, then this announcement isn't for you, because they're on, they have announced a sequel to the meteorically popular Hades roguelike. Oh my God, Hades! Yeah, Hades featuring Zagreus. Zagreus? Zagreus. Bad name. What? That's terrible. Anyway, yes, Hades 2. It's going to feature another weird demigod sibling of Zagreus who does exist and is real. (laughs) Bagreus? No, uh, it features a daughter of um, Persephone who was apparently raised by, I'm going to butcher this, Hectati? Hectati? Hectati. Hectat. Hectate. Hectate. Let's go with Hectate. Hectate. And she is apparently going to be, as Zagoras was trying to escape Hades uh, to get be with his mother, uh, this this girl, whose name I do not know, (laughs) will be venturing into Hades to kill her father. Wait, you mean Hecate? Hecate. Yes. Uh, Hecate. Uh, okay. So that's cool. Her father is the Titan Kronos. Ooh, I love a Kronos. Yeah. So it's going to be fun. It's a flip of the original premise. It looks like it's going to have all the boons and the, the cool weapons and, and combos that the first game had while flipping the script and having you go down instead of up. Does it have a fun Dionysus who shows up and he's like, here's a wine. I played this game maybe a year ago. I don't remember. Here's the wine. Here's the wine. I'm Dionysus. Uh, All I've seen so far is Apollo. Oh, uh, cool. The spaceship. Hades is cool. I don't want my indifference here to make it sound like I don't cosign Hades. Hades is great. Great. It's great. God, they do not need your endorsement. Hades or Grady's. <laughs> They're actually sending a letter right now. Please stop endorsing us. Oh, I got a C and D. Cease and die? <laughs> Jeez. That seems yeah. rude. Uh, all right. Well, so uh, if you're not moved by Hades 2, maybe you'll be moved by this next announcement, John, because uh, a little company, I think you've heard of them, called From Software. Oh, the uh, the makers of Kingsfield and Sekiro and Armored Core. Yes, they announced a new sequel in a long-standing 
franchise of theirs that hasn't received a game in quite some time. Wait, is it is it Armored Core? John, are you familiar with the concept of an of a mech? Oh my god, is if it is genuinely an Armored Core game, I'm actually really excited. Are you able to count greater than five, John? Uh, let's see, one, two, I'm not sure. Okay, then this next title might be hard for you to pronounce, because it's Armored Core 6. Oh my god, are you serious? I love Armored Core. I am not joking with you, it's called something like The Fires of the Rubicon? Sounds about right. Yeah, Armored Core 6 was announced, and it's releasing sometime next year. I am so on board. Man... I think the last Armored Core game came out before FromSoft was like a household name. It did. I would be so stoked if people get into Armored Core now and it actually got some level of like mainstream attention. It would be, man, all those old speed runs of Armored Core 3 and Armored Core 4 where people would put all the jets on one side of their mech's body to make it spin around so fast it could clip through things. Amazing. Perfect. No notes. Armored Core is the best. That sounds amazing, yeah. Yeah, so the last Armored Core game, if you can believe it or not, came out like before Demon Souls existed. Sounds about right, honestly. Yeah, they went through a whole other genre of game, created a genre onto itself, the Souls-like. Created arguably the most popular game series in modern history. Pokemon. (laughs) They created Pokemon, of course. Yeah, no, they created the Souls-like genre, and that has caused like a lot of spinoffs, and they perfected the genre, and Elden Ring and Bloodborne also perfected the genre years before. Uh, and now they're going to go back to their little their little mech game, their little their little side project. It's uh, it's kind of cute. I am genuinely very excited for this. I do gotta tell you that I am not looking forward to the uh, because if this came out pre Demon Souls, there are probably people out there reviewing these video games who were like eight the last time one of these games came out. Right? Yeah, I would guess. Let's see. Armored Core 5 came out in 2012. Okay, so 10 years ago. So maybe yeah. they were maybe they were somewhere between 8 to 12, and they're in their early 20s and are, and are writing for video game publications. That seems unlikely. But having said that, Armored Core has kind of fallen out of the public consciousness, obviously. And I, I worry, of course. That we're going to end up with like a lot of reviews or people generally talking on Twitter being like, this Armored Core game seems cool, but it's not a very good Souls like. <laughs> no, this is going to be fantastic because Elden Ring was like the hypest, biggest released game of 2022. And we saw an influx of, uh, I don't want to call them normies, so I'll call them normies uh-huh. coming to a Souls like game and complaining that they couldn't defeat the first boss because it was too hard and so they put the game down and called it bad so inevitably this new armor core game by the same publisher is is, and developer what am i saying the same developer uh is gonna have a very similar thing where a bunch of people who love souls likes are gonna pick it up and go huh this isn't like elden ring at all i 
I don't like it. It's bad. Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to get too many normies getting on the Armored Corps train, but you will get a lot of Eldenies. <laughs> which, like, to, <laughs> ringers. To be, ringers. To be clear about Armored Corps, if you've never played one before, Armored Corps is famously hellishly difficult. Uh, yeah. But, but not in, like, uh, it is famously hellishly difficult in two ways. One way that people who are very familiar with Souls games will be aware of, which is it is difficult in like a skills vector, like being able to appropriately maneuver your character through space is essential. Uh, But Armored Core also requires a lot of thinking about how to design your mech from the ground up. And then based on those decisions will change how your character translates through space and i would argue that the learning curve to get good at an armored core game is roughly double what is required to get good at a dark souls game does that make sense you know i I would i would absolutely agree Uh, i i am the the um what is how does that go Uh, i am uh, samantha's lack of understanding of armored core i i I don't understand it at all but i i would agree because uh yeah, it looks like it's a completely different system of mechanics and, and like mech building, something you don't have to worry about because you're just a human and and mostly uh, the the Souls game. So like you, could, everyone understands walking because we can walk. But I've never designed a mech before, so that would be a completely new concept that I have no patience for. I'm gonna skip it. I mean, you know, if uh, go for it. I'm not gonna skip it. I'm gonna buy the hell out of it. But imagine. Like in in Dark Souls, you have two kinds of roles. You have a normal role and you have a fat role, right? Okay, yeah. There's a there's a, some tiers of roles, but yes, there are different roles based on your your carrying capacity and your weight limit. Imagine if your primary way of await of evading of evading of evading in a Dark Souls game was dependent on where on your body and how many boosters you put on your body so you will you will dodge differently with boosters on your feet knees hips shoulders you'll turn differently you can put treads on you can fly it's incredible you can transform if you play those games long enough you unlock items that let you transform it's it sounds amazing yeah it sounds like a really great game and i'm i'm happy that a new one's coming out. It goes to show that from eventually they're going to perfect gaming in all capacities and we'll finally get Kingsfield too. We'll find that's what they're, this is all been, a, this is them trying to perfect everything and then returning to what they know is the perfect video game. Yeah. And it's going to be great. It's going to have the original graphics, but with updated mechanics. Oh yeah, it's going to be very mechanics dense. It will look exactly the same. Yeah, it'll be great because you design your guy, you put boosters on him, you can fat roll. Uh, there's stats galore. There's everything they've ever done. There's a madness scale or insight. It's and then it's going to look like uh, very pe- robust parry mechanic. Yeah, and it's going to look like Pokemon Scarlet. Yeah, it's going to be great. Everyone will love it. Yay. Uh, I'm very excited about Armored Core. I did not think I would be excited about anything announced at the Game Awards. Well, you wait just one second, buddy. Oh, no. 
Because to close out this little segment, because I can't remember any more games, there's one more game I'm going to announce that's going to blow you away. Pikmin 5. No. Oh, fuck. Yeah, good try. Shit. No, are you familiar with um, an Otter video game the developer, maker, artist, uh, god, by the name of Hideo Kojima? Oh, I, I'm, I've read his book. Yeah, and much how Patton said to Rommel, potentially, you son of a bitch, I read your book. I've read Hideo Kojima's book, The The Creative Gene, and also have played every single game he's ever made. Well, then buckle up, because I think you're going to like this. He announced a sequel to to one one of his games. Snatcher? Is it Snatcher? Now, some people have a problem with the, uh, some of Hideo Kojima's games. They, Boktai? They, they, Is it a sequel to Boktai? They think maybe the cutscenes are too long. Maybe there's too many movie stars in them. Uh, maybe they should have better gameplay. All of oh, this. Oh, Police Knots. It's a sequel to Police Knots. All of this to say, a sequel to Death Zone Stranding. Zone of the Enders. Zone of the Enders? Is it? Is it Zone of the Enders 3? A sequel to Death Stranding was announced, John. Oh, no. <laughs> it's called Death Stranding 2. Okay. Uh, can I level with you? What's up, John? I love Hideo Kojima, and I love his video games, and they were probably my favorite things. Have I been saying a... Kojima wrong my entire life? I I think there's many ways to pronounce it. I learned to pronounce it from British people. Oh, Okay. <laughs> I I just say Hideo Kojima, but I don't know. I have no idea. But I but love him uh, do. and his games, and I did not care for Death Stranding, and I well, could get... not get further than two hours into it. And it's really it is a it is a mark of shame upon my house that I never get into Death Stranding. Well, get ready for more of that, John. Death Standing Two, Stranding Two, the world's second ever strand-like game, will be heading our direction. Is that the actual? Is that the? Is that is that the tagline? A strand-like. Uh, so, Mister uh, Kojima, he described the game as as a new genre unto itself, the world's first strand-like game so a game like death stranding (laughs) yes and so here is the second world's uh only strand-like game and look for fans of the genre they're eating well right now yeah they're they're, they're, for for big strand now i'll I'll be honest with you i'm more into strand lights oh a little more forgiving yeah i like firewatch yeah, Firewatch, Firewatch is a strand light. I, I <laughs> the cannot believe, Here's the problem. All of this language descends from roguelike, oh, which yeah. was a, a uh, lexiconographical... <laughs> lexiconical? I don't know. It was, a, it was a, a useful vocabulary to say this video game is similar in its gameplay elements to the ancient video game Rogue. And I don't think that if Rogue 2 came out, you could say Rogue 2 is a roguelike. <laughs> it is just more rogue. Right, Does right. that make sense? No, no, it makes a lot of sense. Um, 
In a way, it's like we don't describe Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Elden Ring as like Souls like because they are they are the, Souls games. They are Souls games. I will say I did see many people refer to Elden Ring as a Souls like because language is slipping away from us faster than we can grasp it. Amazing, yeah. This 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 entire endeavor known as video game is is slipping away from the understanding that you and I share and is becoming something new. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no. We're we're being aged out as evident as evident by Death Stranding two being announced and real, and it can hurt you, uh, despite what your therapist says. I'm it is uh, my. I mean, I think just by dint of the fact that I am aware that there was a video game in the early '80s called Rogue that created roguelikes, it means that I am one foot in the grave and another one in the urn. I mean, what's crazy is that the term came decades after the game. Nobody nobody who likes roguelikes likes Rogue. <laughs> no, Rogue is a terrible game. It. I think roguelike was first used... I'm totally going to get this wrong. But I think it was first used to describe, like, NetHack. Could be. You remember NetHack? No. You don't remember NetHack, Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, or whatever? Is that where that's from? I thought that was from Star Trek. I mean, you of course remember Dungeon Crawl Stone Soup. No. Angband? Okay, this is... I'm already... I'm Ancient I, I, Domains I, of Madness? Caves of Cud? I am exceeding your knowledge faster and faster. Tales of Majeol? I don't know any of these, buddy. I'm sorry. Clearly you know Dwarf Fortress. Dwarf Fortress is a thing that exists. Yeah, one of the best video games ever made. It just it came is, out on Steam. You should support Taran Adams. He went through a very he and his brother went through a very hard time, and you should support Dwarf Fortress. I don't know. It sounds very heavy. Uh, it's better now. Anyway, anyway, the second, make remaster the like remaster rogue, you cowards. <laughs> remaster. <laughs> what if that is what FromSoft has been trying to do this whole time? Yeah, they're like, look, we've just been trying to make Rogue this entire time. They made Kingsfield because they were trying to, they were genuinely trying to recreate the magic of, like, Rogue and the first-person dungeon crawl games of the mid to early 80s. And they've just been trying to make a sequel to Rogue, and when everyone's like, oh, it's a Souls-like, they're like, you fools, you don't even understand. You don't know, there's a bug in our games where when you die, you get resurrected instead of just returned to the title screen, and we don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to fix it. We got rid of the butt bug, but we <laughs> that, that plagues every video game. Yeah, we, we, have uh, not, we have not fixed the part where the game just ends forever. Also, uh, all of our maps are supposed to be randomized, but there's another bug we can't fix that keeps them static, and it's very... Look, we just want to make Rogue, but we we got all these bugs. Probably the weirdest bug is our game is supposed to be ASCII and and run in the terminal. <laughs> that is probably that is, the weirdest bug. Is no matter is, how many times we make this ASCII-based game that runs purely in the terminal, it comes out with like ray tracing, yeah, beautiful graphics, fully rendered map. It's just a weird. I think it's one line of code that's doing all of that. We just can't figure out what it is. There must be like four thousand lines of code in there. We don't know which one. Is <laughs> we don't doing know it. which which one is doing all of the graphical uplifting that people. 
And, and like, it's weird because, like, when Days Gone came out, they had bugs in their game and everyone hated it. Our game is full of bugs and they love it. <laughs> and we're just not going to say anything. You know, the uh, Game Freak and FromSoft, two companies that really don't <laughs> understand how to make games. Yeah, they just keep they just keep making the masky games, <laughs> and they just keep coming out great. And yeah, that's where John Oliver. What was the guy's name from Dave Gone? Uh, John Garvin. That's where John Garvin misunderstood. He heard ass game. And he... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, develop, 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 and they're like, no, ass keys. No, he's like, I get it. The ass is the key. <laughs> the ass is key to the experience. Develop, develop, develop. <laughs> For all of those listening, uh, John, how do you spell ASCII? Uh, A-S-C-I-I. And what is that for people who don't know? I mean, usually when you say an ASCII game, you mean a, a game that is made up entirely of ASCII characters, which is to say, like, letters, numbers, symbols. Uh, Lord, what does ASCII stand for? American Standard Code for Information Interchange, I think. Okay, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially it's a it's a matrix of symbols that makes up everything that can be displayed on a screen. That that gets complicated with like Unicode or whatever. But essentially not, a yeah. text-based game that is not uh that's not prose. It's not literal text like you're an A and you move around in a field of Bs or whatever. Okay, yeah. Uh, with that understanding, dear fam, now you can go back and listen to all the all the jokes we were making with full understanding and knowledge. And please remember that I'm 33 years old. No matter what occurs, remember that You're I'm always very, 33. <laughs> I'm very old, and I remember things that no one will ever care about ever again. Yep. So yes, those are the three standout announcements from the Game Awards. I mean, there's others that I'm sure one of us might be interested in, but I don't care to talk about it any longer. It's enough video games. It's enough. We've it's released time. as many video games as people need to play, to be honest with you. No, we got. We need more. We need uh, Kingsfield 2, and then we can, then we can stop. Yeah, Kingsfield 2 was the first... Wait, actually, Rogue was, I think, one of the first video games. That so might, if, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. If Rogue is the first, it's not, but let's say it is. If Rogue is the first, and FromSoft's Rogue 2 is the last, we can close this chapter on human history called video games. This is it. This is the finality. <laughs> And then it's going to be like Endgame. They're going to still be trying to make these things. They'll make like Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Seven Elden Rings or whatever. But <laughs> we'll, we'll know it's over. We'll know it's over. Fortnite be damned. But John, it's now once again for our latest World Cup date. Oh, World Cup date. Can I, can I handle the first part of the World Cup date? Yeah, sure. Whatever. Yeah, exciting news. Croatia won it all. Croatia, who who I said last week that I that I believe I said I was rooting yeah. for Croatia, they won it all. They won the whole World Cup, and they went home champions, and everyone's happy. And, and I that, especially am happy because my team won and was, was not eliminated immediately after I said I wanted them to win. John, I, I don't know. Okay, I don't know what's going on here because they didn't win at all, but they also didn't lose. Wait, what? All right, here we go. That's right. We are done with the quarterfinals and the standings as they are now. Uh, let's see. Two games went to penalty kick shootout uh, after being tied at the end of full time. 
Uh, one of those games was the Netherlands, who kicked out the U.S. previously, versus Argentina, which is my dog's team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Argentina pulled ahead with one more penalty kick than the Netherlands. The USA Slayers have been slain themselves, and my dog advances on to the semifinals. Uh, in the next game, we had John's team, Croatia, versus the legendary powerhouse that is Brazil. Uh, this is the second game that went to penalty kicks uh, shootout at the after the end of being tied at full time. And Croatia pulled ahead with four penalty kicks to Brazil's two, meaning, John, you're facing my dog in the semifinal. Okay, I do want to be clear that I... I suppose I was sleepily reading through the standings, and I thought I got Croatia and Belgium mixed up in the group, uh, and I I thought Croatia was not continuing, which I don't know how I thought that because Belgium not did not do great. Belgium's uh, not that's, even in. That's yeah, huge. Yeah. Fuck your that's dog. Huge. Wow. I'm sorry. Croatia will crush your dog. The developers of Sirius Sam will crush your dog. What? That's mean. You're mean. Anyway, as fans will remember, I chose the bloody old Englanders of old to be my team. And what do you know? France eliminated them quite easily. Yes. So, bully. Finally solving the Hundred Years' War. Yes, the Hundred Years' War is over. Turns out France won. I don't know if that changes history, but it sure changed the outcome of me having to pick a new team to follow. I know that uh, <laughs> that we did do a flip-flop in the middle, which I think is pretty unusual for World Cup dates. Uh, but I think this is the furthest I've gone by making a joke. Yeah, it's pretty great. It's pretty awesome. And then the last semifinal match was Morocco versus Portugal. And it looks like Morocco has has fought another day under the sun. Uh, because in the semifinal match, we've got France v. Morocco. I don't know what the uh, what do you say? What do you say? <laughs> yeah, I don't have enough historical context to make any kinds of jokes about that, unfortunately. I know... Yep. Functionally nothing about Morocco. It is a big gap in my personal knowledge. So we've got one week left in the World Cup, John. Uh, Next Tuesday, Argentina will face off via Croatia to determine who will be in the final. And then the Wednesday after that, France faces off via Morocco and uh, to, to supply the other side of that final, which will be played on Sunday at 9 a.m. So the next time we update y'all, it'll all be over. <laughs> wow, it's a whole week from now? I mean, it's it's all next week. It's all this upcoming week. Oh, I see, yes. Uh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. So when you tune in for the best worst, we'll also have the World Cup results, which you'll already know because they'll be everywhere. And you will know if it was the best or the worst World Cup. And if it was the worst, you'll never remember. You'll never remember. So obviously, Delhi, my dog, has Argentina. John, you have Croatia. Oddly enough, my mom and dad have France, leaving only Morocco for me. So I will choose Morocco to to win it all, even though doing so means I don't win money. <laughs> okay, so you're Morocco, and your parents are France? Yeah, they are. Well, I know for a fact your parents don't want to be included in the podcast. So, And, and you know, that's not good radio. So let's say France is my dog, 
in okay. the in the case where we end up dog against dog. Ooh, dog against dog would be fun. Yeah, so we get Delhi representing Argentina. You, <laughs> Croatia. Croatia's you. France is Leo, your dog, and Morocco is me. Why are we fighting each other's dogs? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say we we do have an interesting position where. <laughs> Uh, our dogs are fighting each other. Where our dogs are fighting the other hosts of this <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't want to fight your own dog. I guess not. I guess <laughs> she'd win. She would definitely win. She's very fi- fi- fierce. She's a fierce dog. Yeah, she's very she's very fucking fierce. Leo is not very fierce, but you know what? He has the <laughs> he has historically the world's greatest military. Oh. I don't know what to do with that information. Because <laughs> it, it's France. Like, they don't have the best military now. But, but they historically did. speaking, they have had the best. And he, by extension, my dog, has had the world's best military. That's pretty cool. Your dog has a military. Napoleon Bonolio part. No, Napoleon, right? That's what I should have gone with. Napoleon. Yep. <laughs> so that, Anyway, we're yeah. all excited for the World Cup. Very excited for it to come to an end and to watch yes. the games and the people who play them. Absolutely. I look forward to seeing you on the pitch. I do genuinely want to watch these last few games. Once the USA got knocked out, I really lost interest but i i need to i need to actually watch these games they kept being played during the work day and I, I didn't have a chance to do anything other than refresh google to see scores yeah that is a that is a bummer thankfully i have readily i have somewhat easy access to a computer with a vpn where i can watch these things while i'm working but then how am i gonna do my data analysis <laughs> Oh no, my oh, company's no. gonna lose money because I watched a person kick a ball. <laughs> oh Amazing. no, it's so sad for them. Um, oh no. Anyway. Anyway. <sighs> Alright, John. That that wraps up our World Cup date. We'll see you on the pitch. Uh I'll bring a knife, you bring a nothing. You can't bring knives, but I I'll bring one anyway. Oh, yeah? I'm going to bring a Budweiser Zero. Oh, that's really dangerous. That is legal. That is legal in the country mm, that this is taking place I in. I don't know. It sounds American-made. Listen, as long as it's not... Oh, wait. Budweiser Zero is no longer allowed. I'll bring a seven-year prison sentence for homosexuality. Oh, Jesus Christ. And uh, we'll see who wins. Uh, and of course, uh, we can't have a World Cup date without saying uh, we are sad to hear of the passing of Grant Wall, a soccer correspondent, an American soccer sports journalist and soccer analyst for CBS Sports, who passed away at the age of 48 while covering the World Cup in Qatar. Ooh, too young. Wow. Yes. Uh, and we will not be commenting on the alleged story from his brother that 
says he was killed because I don't know enough about the story to comment on it. Oh, wow. That seems like a thing that I and maybe other people should read about later. Yeah, you should read about it. His brother is saying that um, he sent his his brother, he sent Grant like a pride shirt to wear and Grant wore the pride shirt and now he's dead. Uh, but also Grant was apparently uh, ill at the time. So uh, he could have died of illness. And then of course, Redditors are saying that it's very easy to poison people. It, 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 there's a lot going on. I just don't have enough information in front of me to really comment on it. I just want to say uh, rest in peace, Grant. Yeah, rest in peace, Grant. Uh, it is uh, unseemly to comment on those things, for sure. Yeah. Let's move on, John, to a little more local fare, if you, if you don't mind. Oh, local Austin, Texas barbecue brisket? Local Austin, Texas barbecue brisket. Now, previously on this show, John, you've you, we've made jokes about a certain restaurant. Uh, yes, many jokes. Much hay has been made on this podcast about one Kirby Lane Cafe. Is that what you're talking about? No, the the chilies at a certain location. Ah, uh, the chilies at 45th and Lamar. That is correct. Uh, so local news station KXAN of the Austin area has has now posted a deep dive into trying to figure out why this restaurant is famous on the internet. I mean, KXAN famously very plugged in. They get it. They they don't make strange, inscrutable reporting about local phenomena like they don't even live here sometimes. Yes. Yes. Uh, that, yeah, they're with it. It's great. They're just so tech savvy. So tech savvy that their only sources are Google reviews and Yelp reviews. I'm sorry, what? For a phenomenon uh, that started entirely on Reddit? Yep. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, they mention many of the restaurants Yelp and Google reviews even mention its reputation. Beginning of a quote. After hearing about this legendary establishment for several years, I finally decided to see if it lived up to all the hype. I'm generally pretty skeptical, but let me tell you, I was pleasantly surprised to learn that the hype is well-deserved. Wait, no. You do not mean to tell me that this article actually... I, I hope that their conclusion here is not, Welp, looks like it's just a great Chili's. Uh, here's another Google review. Uh, a ride or die Austinite's favorite queso can only be found at Chili's, <laughs> along with no. some of the best Frosty Margs and $5 Marg of the month. Other places are often overrated by the lazy and dumb Californians who are ruining this amazing city. But Chili's is true local Austin cuisine. Five <laughs> Did, stars. Is there no editorializing after this? or Is no one investigating this at all at KXAN? Uh, plenty of people are questioning. In fact, they quote a tweet of someone who's trying to understand the phenomena. Here's the tweet. Can someone explain to me why the Chili's on 45th and Lamar in Austin has such a hold on everyone that's ever lived in Austin? Oh, boy. So, there's no investigating happening in this article, right? Like, they're not, they didn't actually get to the bottom of anything, right? Okay, they do get in some direction. They do, they do eventually get to Reddit. 
Um, okay, good. Yeah, the answer appears Which, to, to be, be clear. Reddit. Though it is the it is the best chilies. It's the yeah, best it is the best chilies. So best barbecue brisket. Best, chi- best chili. It's the best restaurant in Austin. Yeah, uh, the answer appears to be Reddit. Though redditors themselves can't seem to remember when or in which thread it specifically it began. I misread that. Its birthplace is generally agreed to be the R Austin subreddit. Well, no fucking duh. <laughs> good Jesus journalism. Christ. Great. Anyone journalism. could Very tell you that. No, I think it started on Red Pill. Yeah. I, guess, I think it started on R Red Pill. It started now. on R the Donald. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway. It started on the Donald, of course. Uh, okay. Uh, so they they claim that one, an ele- a, a thread 11 years ago, asking, what's your favorite hidden treasure slash hole-in-the-wall restaurant in Austin? And someone replied, Chili's on 45th has the best burgers in town. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can, as a journalist, say it's just funny to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I, oh, this is terrible. What? They, re- they reached out. Next Star reached out to the Chili's brand owner, Brinker International, Come to on, ask man. if it was Don't... aware... Of the local Don't internet narc. phenomenon and had any comment, a Brinker representative said it was, quote, excited, unquote, to hear more about it and offered to communicate with local management for comment. We will update the story when we receive a response. So dumb. Oh, what my a, God. What they an incompetent end, person wrote that. They end the whole thing. With one last Yelp review, the rumors are deaf true. The service went dummy hard. Felt like I was at a fine dining establishment. Oh, wait, I was. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that that tweet and that Yelp review is actually funny. I appreciate that the uh, journalist here, uh, unless they have like some severe imbalance of their humors... Uh, like must know that this is for the sake of humor, right? Like they must know that it's a joke. And I, uh, yeah. Assuming I, that they are able to identify that, their then their final move in the article is to attempt to strangle every last ounce <laughs> of life out of the joke by reaching out to the bloodless capitalists who own <laughs> fucking chilies. Yeah. No. So, I mean. I've been on the Austin Red subreddit for a couple of years now. What is and- gallows humor? We reached out to an executioner <laughs> to find out. It's not even the same thing. It doesn't take a it doesn't take a lot of reading into subtext why the chilies on forty fifth and Lamar is always recommended when people ask for local spots. It's to protect the local spots. Like yeah, the. And the very funny thing is, anytime somebody posts about like a local place, the in the comments it's always like, "Oh God, why?" I because now it, you blew it up. Like it's it's every it's going to be so crowded. I love this spot. Why did you do this? Yeah. Uh, so the very funny thing that happened in response to this article that I just read you from. It's just an outpouring of people going, oh, God, now it's going to be so fucking <laughs> okay, crowded. that's pretty funny. That's very <laughs> funny. It's actually chilies. really funny. That's the funniest thing that article possibly ever could have done. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, the, the hey, Mr. Journalist, I can explain to you why exactly the quote-unquote joke started. You could have asked anyone 
on the subreddit why the joke started. It's to protect the local places we don't want overrun with people. You could ask anyone who lives here and like, I'm I'm a transplant from a number of years ago, but like, you could ask anyone who even slightly gets Austin to explain it to you. Like, there was a fairly famous, now very famous restaurant that was like, relatively relatively yeah it was the mcdonald's uh off of airport no it was the in and out off of airport wow get your fucking in and out you assholes um (laughs) fuck in and out but okay uh there was a um there's there's just generally this feeling in austin of like you want to protect austin from the people who are moving here like when i first moved here i was like well that's kind of shitty and exclusive and now as i live here i realize it it's largely in jest and it's kind of the local character like i was saying there was a a pretty nice spot that opened up that you know was typically like relatively crowded because people knew it was there and it was really good and their yucca fries were great and then everyone on instagram started posting about it and ever since it's been so overrun that their kitchen like shuts down every night they can't get people to staff it like no one yeah the experience has been completely ruined the experience of going there is completely busted now it's funny because Austin as a city and the establishments in Austin kind of suffer from the same problem. It's a suffer from success problem where there's just not enough support to support all of the people going to all of the Austin things all of the time. Yeah. So any sort of blowing up of spots or just highlighting things or things trending on Instagram or TikTok or whatever – can spell doom for certain businesses not that they don't want customers they just they would like to serve a certain number of customers but it, it, things just get overblown to the point of like well if you want to go to p terry's at any time of day you're going to be in that drive through for at least 30 to 20 minutes i said that wrong 20 to 30 minutes just because everybody wants to go to p terry's I've just gotten to a place where I don't tell people about nice places. I invite them there if they're my friends and I think they can be trusted, but I just don't, I've become the asshole. I've, I've onboarded that part of Austin culture where I don't want people to go to the places I like because I've seen places I like get blown up and they become completely unenjoyable. And I think part of it is because the Austin transplant for the most part is unconsciously or consciously exploitative like people move to austin because and and this is it's a similar thing to when people like move to the quote-unquote country or move to like philly or nashville or something they're like oh i'm going to this cute spot that's cheaper and i'm gonna have the ability to go to all these places and never have to wait and get a bargain on things so they're constantly like hunting this ever diminishing spark of Austin specialness so that when these goddamn hyenas see even a little bit of it, they'll snuff it out. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll all rush towards it and they'll destroy it in an instant. And I'm so, I'm so sick of it. And I never yeah. thought I would be this person. No, it's true. It's great. And in the worst ways, like that's why, when people ask for hidden gems or local fare, we point them to the chilies at 45th and Lamar. Because look, honestly, their margs, their frosty margs are great and the skillet queso, ooh, to die for. 
Yeah, you know, all of what we're saying here is, listen, you gotta go to the Chili's of 45th and Lamar, because yeah. it's the best, it's the OG. You know, just obviously, do. according to KXAN, everybody knows about it, and they're still going strong, so, like, you gotta go, yeah. you gotta blow up that spot. You gotta go. They're great. And I'm sure, I'm sure they're going to respond positively to the news that they're used as a meme or a joke, I'm sure that's going to go straight to their heads and they'll make it even better. They'll make it even better. I mean, best case scenario, they're going to strangle all the life out of the joke and create like some kind of campaign, some local campaign about it. But that costs money. So probably what's just going to do is make the managers and team leads of that Chili's life really hard for a few weeks because corporate will not understand and are going to be trying to wring every piece of excess profit they possibly can from the situation. Yeah. No, they're going to be like, wait, why is there all this buzz and yet our sales are so low? Yeah. They're like, well, this this team lead who's got three kids to raise must be fucking something up. Let's fire them. <laughs> Let's fire this guy who's, you know, been here for eight years without an issue. He must not be capitalizing on this great uh, opportunity we get. I just really hate how that journalist really narked out the whole situation. It's really frustrating. They just do a little more digging. You went all the way 11 years back to find the first instance of it, but you couldn't read the comments that explained the joke. Like, read some it, cri- <laughs> uh, Practice critical thinking, journalist. How about that? How right. about you think about what you're doing for a second and try to think about whether what you're doing is actually creating something or destroying something. Is critical, is critical thinking allowed in journalism? Are you allowed to draw inferences from evidence, or do you explicitly have to be told things to report them? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't like journalism. <laughs> right. I don't know either. I don't know what the rules are. It's like, I've drawn my own conclusion. I, don't, I think you can't do that. I think someone has to come out and say the exact words for you to report them. Yeah, I guess the critical thinking that I want them to employ is critical thinking about whether or not they should write the piece in the first place. (laughs) Is really the critical uh, thinking that I would like them to utilize. No, obviously this is news, John. A Chili's is slightly popular online. Yeah, no, it's it's huge. There's nothing else happening, like our school boards having... um, like um, vicious bigots running for them every single time there's an election. Probably not worth reporting not, on no. that. The runoff, the mayoral runoff, and the yeah, not important. The Austin important. housing crisis, not important. Not, not the important. Um, no. the crackdown on short term rentals in Austin, not yeah. important. The backlash of having life saving overdose drugs readily available on every yeah, street. Narcan's not important. Not important. Uh, the future of Zilker Park survey not and important. the uh, multiple consultants and professionals whose opinions you could maybe get about the ecological surveys they've done and the scalability surveys that they've done Zilker Park, not important. You should probably talk about fucking chilies. Yeah, no, chilies. Yeah, the the global chain that definitely needs the bump. Absolutely. I'm frustrated, Henry. Yeah, they couldn't mention one of these great secret places. (laughs) (laughs) They they couldn't blow up a secret place. (laughs) They couldn't talk about fucking Hey, 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 no, they couldn't mention, I don't know what restaurants you guys like. I don't yeah. know. Uh, Pro- Project Pollo. I mentioned that before. 
You did. And you know what? People can, you know what? Go for it. Project Polio needs the money. Here's yeah. my strategy at this point is to find a place that's resistant to this blow up effect. I go to places that are either vegan, uh, yeah. which cuts out 99% of the population anyway, or places that are kind of dirty or unwelcoming, but are otherwise really great places to hang out at. Uh, because people who are trying to be exploitative and have a fun Instagrammable night really don't like to go to like a live music venue that's pretty dirty and unwelcoming. Yeah, yeah. or they'll go to like Lulu's for like a picture and then get out of there because they're like, "What? Why is this Christmas bar divey?" It's like because it's a Christmas dive bar. <laughs> yeah, we'll take one picture at Lulu's, and oh, it smells. Like twenty-year-old beer soaked into thirty-year-old floors. There's no food here. We should go. Yeah, because it's a dive bar. It's you a idiot. dive bar. You don't go for food. Do you guys have tapas? Anyway, that's fine. <laughs> no, that's we're fine. not in Spain. Does Does Lulu's have tapas? There's a pizza place next door that has been unopened for years. Is that is that, <laughs> does that close? answer your question? Does that answer your question? It's it, they're remodeling continually. For I I like to years. go to places where I'm like it's a bar and people are like, is there food? I'm like well, some nights you can ask them to heat you up a DiGiorno pizza in the back. <laughs> yeah, but otherwise it, it's a great place to hang out, and no one has taken me up on the offer. And you know what? That place still rules. You have to be very nice, and, you know, if you can't handle being nice and asking for them to warm up a DiGiorno pizza in the back, that's on you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i sorry you wanted to pay $23 for some goat cheese prosciutto sliders or whatever. <laughs> We're very elitist on this yeah. podcast, and people can't enjoy things on our watch, goddammit. I don't know. I only go to places that are, I've already been found out and the, like the newness is already washed off. So like nobody, like it's crowd. It, it, there's plenty of people, but you can usually find a table if you're patient. So Ooh, it's that's, fine. I, I will say that spot that I was talking about getting blown up. It's actually starting to trail off in a similar yes. way. And it's actually really nice. Nice. That's see if they can, it's, it, it, it's all just a coin flip of, of, of surviving the blow up. Like if you can yeah. survive the initial pressure of that, that first wave, they're going to die down. They're going to go to the next thing. And then we can a, all go to Praetorium. Mistake. So many, so many restaurants like have that big bump or at least ones that I've seen and then blow up. They have the big bump and then they scale up and hire a bunch of people and like build new outdoor seating and like expand the menu because they're trying to like increase scalability because they imagine this huge bump will only increase. So when it goes away, their overhead's way higher. Uh, bad things happen. This one place didn't change shit. And now that people are starting to leave, it's actually a lot better. That's great. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Otherwise, just find the local places that won't blow up because they're all the way out in Cedar Park. Yeah, just go to Cedar Park. Uh, go to Leander, Georgetown. Yeah. Just go to some place called like Bob's Watering Silo <laughs> in Leander, and I guarantee you it will never blow up. Yeah, find your your and your and your Places, all, of, all of those yeah. are getting edited out. Every single one is getting edited please, out. Please, please bleep them. Uh, but find those places and you'll be fine. Also, Cedar Park has a copy of nearly everything Austin has and nobody seems to know about it. I like to call it Little Austin. It's like Little Austin. We even have a Round Rock Donuts. Bleep that. 
<laughs> I, absolutely. Every single business we mention that's not the Chili's is getting bleeped. Yep. <laughs> Every single one. Uh, and for worst case scenario, you want to show somebody what Austin's all about, bring them to the Chili's at 45th and Lamar. Look, they've got $5 marts. You cannot find that anywhere else in Austin. Yeah, slam an El Presidente, get some get some weird pizza tortilla chips, and go <laughs> to town. Yeah, get the traditional nachos. Sell, tell them, tell them, Henry. Oh, Sina. Austin style. You mean get the Austin style traditional nachos? Tell them Henry sent you. You'll have a good time. They won't know who I am. Yeah, we guarantee. God damn it! <laughs> well, Henry. Well, John. I I said the well like I was going to end the episode, but I forget who's editing this week. It's you. Oh, well, then I can't do the lead in. All right. Well, John, we've learned a lot today. Let's review. Elden Ring's really good. A bunch of people who make games are making more of them. The World Cup is heating up for people are woke. People are woke. Can't forget that. I guess people are woke, sure. We learned that. The World Cup is fire. You can't fire. look at an ass. You can't look at an ass these Who's days. Who's doing the lead out? Me no, or you? Look at it. Look at it. If you want to do the lead out, just do the lead out. Oh, you can't look at an ass. The World Cup is heating up to one fiery finale that's going to be over before the time we can record again. It's going to be great. And the Chili's at 45th and Lamar is the best restaurant in Austin, and you should go there. Bring everyone you know. Tell them about it. Look, they got something called crispers, chicken crispers, I think. Look, look, you can't beat it. Is that where they um, inject chicken genes into you with crisper? (laughs) Yes. Do you want to be part chicken? Boy, do you. Come to the Chili's at 45th and Lamar. Come to the Chili's at 45th and Lamar. It's like, sorry to bother you, but with chickens. Bagok. 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 But now is time to remind you that the best worst is coming up. I think it's next week. So if you have one week, you have one week to get in your suggestions for categories you want us to cover. We're going to cover movie, TV, video game those are guaranteed what else do you want us to talk about we got a list it's a thousand years long it can be longer we're gonna do it we're gonna pull them randomly it's gonna be a great time that's coming to you next week but where can you send those suggestions well let me tell you you can tweet at us on elon musk's twitter tm uh, at zcpcwhj on elon musk's twitter.com uh, we're also on Hive Social, but I have not checked that in weeks. The app is very slow. I am sorry. I apologize to the people who work at Hive Social. We're also on Facebook because, hey, look, if you're going to be on Twitter, you might as well be on Facebook. So find us on Facebook and leave suggestions for the best, worst care categories. We're on a number of podcast apps, including but not limited to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, etc. If you find us on those podcast apps, please leave me a rating and review to let more people know about how we cover good shit. Uh, my dog is asleep and barking in her dreams, so I'm distracted. Uh, here we go. 
Where am I? Yes, the most important thing you can do is let people know about the podcast in your personal daily life. So just tell them about it using that mouth of yours. Tell a friend or an enemy about the podcast and they might tell more people. The most important thing you can say is, hey, look, Zero Credits is a show where two people just talk about stuff that's going on. That's all we are and that's all we need you to do. Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. And uh, Henry, I just want to let you know that in this podcast studio, out of a window, I can see a uh, I can see a sign for DHL office that says DHL Global Forwarding. And I spent most of this podcast episode, since I'm not wearing my glasses, thinking, "What in the hell is DHL Floral Promerong? <laughs> Floral Promerong? Floral Promerong?" To you all and to everyone from here. <laughs> That's not the right lead in from everyone here at the Zero Credits Henry's House and John's very professional podcast booth. Uh, we would like to wish you a happy week and a floral promerong. See you on the battle pitch. Goodbye. See you in hell. Bye.